Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. For the second week in a row, we have Miss Kara Schramm, our women's ministry leader, uh, joining us to talk about women's ministry, the role of women in the body of Christ um, in the church. And so we're so grateful that she's able to be with us again this week. Um, we're going to, last week we talked about um, the role of women in the scriptures, looking at the Old Testament, the New Testament, and just kind of talking about what that kind of looks like in the Bible. Uh, but this week we want to talk about it more from the perspective of how can we um, seek to help women uh, grow up in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, to grow up in him, and how can we encourage that? Um, how can we um, encourage um, and foster a, a culture um, where uh, the women in our church, but also the men in our church and our whole church together as a spiritual family looks at one another as, as family in the Lord, and we seek to build one another up um, in the most holy faith. So that's what we're here to talk about here, the importance of women's ministry here um, at MMBC. So Kara, first question, the why question. Why is women's ministry important here at Monroe Missionary Baptist Church? I feel that women's ministry is important because we are a family, a church family, brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's important to encourage each other to continue looking to Christ and being steadfast in the faith. And one of the ways we can do that is through women's ministry. Mm. So in between these episodes, you mentioned Um, because we talked about the church is a family. Um, There are some people, though, when they hear that, they're concerned. Right. Um, Why would people be concerned when they hear that that description of the church? And how can we help them uh, to realize that's that's a good thing, not a bad thing? I think culturally the family has changed a lot. You know, the family isn't necessarily a mom and a dad and kids anymore. It's very different, and I think that uh, uh, there are a large number of people who have not had a positive family experience. Family is not a word that they have positive associations with, Um, and they're reluctant to become a part of anything that is spoken of as a family. Um, So I feel like it's important for the church to portray exactly what a family is and how it works together and how that is actually a very good thing and something you do want to be part of. It's very vital to our living as Christians together, mm. serving the Lord together. Right, right. Tim, Scott, Dave, what? any further thoughts about that? You guys are all about we are family. So, I mean, the scriptures are very... Um, should play that song. It's <laughs> a good song. We are family. <laughs> yeah. The scriptures I think are we're singing that clear. next week in worship. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that could be during like a greeting time yeah. or something. We are people be leaving. Oh, Kara's like, doing the this is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that the New Testament writers are very um, purposeful about using familial language to talk about one another, uh, to talk about how older men are fathers in the Lord, older women are mothers in the Lord. We are brothers and sisters, one and of, one and of another. I think it's in First Timothy where it calls us the household of God. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so you can't get away from family language. And when you think about what did, I mean, we can think of like our own modern context of what a family is in terms of a nuclear family and what that means. But I mean, thinking about the family in terms of like what, what their families were and how they considered themselves to be part of a family. And so like, how would the, those who received uh, the letter, you know, that Paul wrote, you know, calling you a brother or a sister or referring to an older believer as your mother or your father, um, or as the church as the household of God, how would that have struck them in terms of this is what our relationship is mm-hmm. to one another? Here's how vital it is, uh, even over and above in some ways, your blood family that you now have. Yeah, I mean, you can't get away from it. It's there. So I want to ask this question about the 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 physical the the or the um i don't know how you would say it, the nuclear family or the 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 earthly family that we have um Kara what are some ways that women help other women of different ages within i mean you, you know within your family cuz you've got a family of three women with a bunch of other men um how do you girls you women in your family at home minister to each other not even in spiritual things but like i'm sure there are things that you guys help each other out with that you don't with the boys and the boys take care of each other and help each other out in ways that you know does that make sense Yes, it is different um as a little bit of background i have a 24 year old she's 24 right 24 year old daughter at home and a seven year old daughter at home and four boys in between and i do feel like um, especially Emma, my 24-year-old, and I have become very good friends mm. now. You know, we're at, at not only a, a parent-child relationship. Emma is one of my dearest friends. And uh, we've we've come to know each other well enough that we can see when we need space, sometimes in a household of women living together. It's like, okay, I just, I'm not going to talk to you today. It's not because <laughs> I don't love you. It's because I do love you. Right. And I don't really want you to talk to me either. So there are those kind of days, but there are also days, a lot of times like Emma is my right hand person. She helps me out so much. And in, in her relationship with Naomi, Naomi is so blessed to have her because Emma is not her parent. But she is old enough to have a leadership role in her life, more so than a closer age sibling Mm -hmm. would be. And to see that um, what Marty and I are doing as parents is backed up by Emma and, um, what's the the word? Not emphasized, but accentuated. Mm -hmm. You know, she complements that very well. We have very unique dynamics within Mm -hmm. our family because of that. but often Emma will help me out if I if I need help around the house. Mm-hmm. Emma's there. You know, we we work together as a team, yeah. and God has really blessed that relationship. And Emma is very valuable in our household. Mm-hmm. I think that's very good for Naomi to see mm-hmm. that Emma's not there just doing whatever. You know, she plays a very active role in our home. She serves us all, and that's that's good for Naomi to see that Mom's not the only one doing that. Right. Emma is doing that too, and she doesn't have to be married and have children to be mm. doing that. You know. So. Right. Go ahead. Emma's twenty-five. Twenty-five. <laughs> helping you out. <laughs> Thank you. you. The only reason I say that she says you guys never care about her birthday, and it was just kind of yeah. it was kind of coming she true there for a, a second with her brother. <laughs> and I, I always forget my chil- my first yeah, four girl. children are. I forget if they're on the odd years or the even years. <laughs> they just switched. It. And <laughs> it's happened to me plenty of times Thank at the like Chad. pharmacy. Yeah. What's your child's birthday? Um, 
I don't know. <laughs> Easton, what's your birthday? <laughs> yeah, what is your birthday? <laughs> I have to count through. Yes. Pop quiz. What's your birthday? <laughs> no, I think that's a helpful thing to consider because, um, you know, there are things that um, I do with my boys. You know, my relationship with my boys is different from my relationship with my mm-hmm. daughter. Um, and there are conversations or even ways that I talk to my boys that I talk differently to my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, just simply because uh, it doesn't mean I, you know, I, I love them all the same, supposedly. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but it is different. And I think that's a helpful parallel to think about what women's ministry should be like in the church family. Because there are things that women can help each other with um, that you have been given each other in this family. Um, it doesn't mean that men and women don't need each other also across the board right. in the church, but there there is a, a special a special uh, um, gifting and, and placement right. for women in the church and how they can encourage one another. Oh, oh, definitely. Yes. Like uh, within my own immediate family, Emma can help me and minister to me in ways that my sons cannot and vice versa. My sons can minister to me and help me in ways that Emma can. And they're, they're both equally as important. One of the things I, I, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Luther fan, right? But one of the things I love that he, he talks about, um, I don't know if this is under the the section on where he's talking about the word preached, baptism, Lord's Supper, and so on, well, like how the gospel comes to us. But one of the things he lists is he calls it this, and I like this description a lot, but he calls it the mutual consolation and conversation of the brethren. And um, what he's meaning by that is one of the ways the gospel comes to us is through the fellowship. And I like the word consolation because whenever we share our burdens and we or we're honest with we don't have to you know it doesn't mean you have to share everything with everybody but you know you go to a trusted maybe an older brother or a wiser sister in the lord and you share something or or whatever that that brother or sister can console you with the gospel promises mm-hmm. about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us i've heard the phrase um the gospel always comes to us on the lips of another that's the way God's designed the gospel to work is it comes to us through the words and the the mouth and the lips of men and women within the congregation of the church. The gospel comes to me often through my wife or through my family or through the guys here sitting around the table with me or every single time we sing the songs uh, in public worship, the gospel's coming to me on the lips of hundreds of other people. It's being shouted to me in my ears. And I see that as... Um, something that women's ministry um, should do. It's the mutual conversation and consolation mm-hmm. of the sisters in Christ. Um, not exclusively to each other. They do that with their brothers as well in the Lord, but there's a, there's a unique thing that happens with women in the, in, in the local churches. They are encouraging each other, spreading the, they're, they're putting the gospel into each other's ears so that it sinks into our hearts. I mean, what do you think about that idea, Kara? I, I think that you're right about that. Um, I think women who have maybe some shared experiences or some shared similar experiences, you know, nobody's experience is identical. Sure. But there have been women that have ministered to me in my life that maybe had experienced some similar things to me. And when they say to me, yes, this is normal, 
how you feel is normal. Keep looking to Christ. He will supply your needs. Mm. Remember that it's not about right now. Mm. You know, our eternity is with him. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep going. Mm. Keep staying steadfast. Sometimes it's so encouraging to know that you're not alone. And yes, this is pretty normal and it's okay, even if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And to have women that can speak that into your life is incredibly valuable. Yeah. Um, you're exactly right. Because one of the great temptations of Satan is to make you think that you're alone mm-hmm. or you're weird or no right. one else struggles with this or that, or has gone through this, that, or the other thing. Um, and uh, <clears throat> there's the reason why God said it is not good for man to be alone. Right. That doesn't simply apply to the marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. That applies to all of humanity. We are, we are um, societal beings. Right. We are meant to live in society with others. And um, we are inadequate by ourselves. Um, so we need each other. Let me ask you this question, Kara. How can women's ministry, you've, you've, um, you've been in different churches, different church contexts. What are some uh, ways that you've seen ministry to women being done in a way that's, I'm not going to say it's wrong, but it maybe it's inadequate or it may be wrong. What are some, I guess I'm asking for some bad examples or some okay. inadequate examples. What are some ways that you've seen women's ministry done um, that, you know, is, is inadequate to actually carry out what the New Testament and what the gospel calls women towards? Um, that's a good question. I think sometimes, um, maybe there have been times where there have been um, scheduled uh, gatherings or Bible studies or whatever that are scheduled on a regular schedule, but it's maybe not at a time that's available to other people, to all people. And there are women who really need to be involved and would love to be involved, but can't because of whatever, you know, has, they just can't attend, whether it's, they have often, whether they have children, you know, and can't come because they are caring for children. I feel like women's ministry, um, it's important to take into consideration the needs of your church body and when they are available and seek to meet their needs. Now, that might, that might vary depending on the size of your church and the stage of life of the people within your church. If your mom has, if your church has a, a high percentage of young moms, you're going to have to be creative in how you can meet their needs because they are very busy in their homes mm. and it's often hard to minister to people when they are in their homes unless you're in your their home with them mm-hmm. for some reason or another. So I feel like um, being creative in taking your opportunities to meet their needs is really important. One of the things that um, I've noticed, and I think my wife, my wife would totally agree with this. I don't know if you, I'm, I'm, I've got a sneaky suspicion that you will likewise as well, but sometimes the content that women that is geared towards women and women's ministries to be taught. I'm going to use the word. It's often quite shallow. Mm-hmm. And I think there almost seems to be this assumption and maybe this is changing today. I do think there's better resources for women available than maybe there were 20 or 30 years ago, but there's almost this assumption that <clears throat> um, women are, are, are just more passive. They don't need to really think Um, uh, and I, I guess that's something that's always kind of bothered me. It's or it's, or it's like women need this specific study, um, that's only about feminine things instead of 
let's do a, a real study of the the book of Romans or something like that because their women are Christians just like men and we all need the same mm-hmm. stuff at our core. We apply it differently when our in our right. uh, because we are men and women, but um what do you what do you think about that? I do feel like there is some of that. I I I do feel like it's changing. I feel like earlier when <clears throat> I was younger and leading uh, a women's Sunday school class at my church, the materials that were available were at least that I was aware of were pretty poor. Mhm. And, and very shallow. Um, I do feel like it is changing some, and there are some more good things that are, are available that are pre-made. And I, I do feel like that really all you do need is the Bible. You know, uh, you can just do a Bible study with just the Bible. You don't have to have a book. And that takes definitely some more planning and preparation. Mm-hmm. But it, it is doable, and I feel like that's important. And I don't feel like women are afraid of that, like that they will be open and willing to hear that and to participate in that. And they are fully capable of doing so that they want to do that. They're hungry for the word, just like um, men are. God is when he claws our heart and claims him us as his own. We hunger for that. We hunger for that relationship with him. That study. You know, we're sitting in a room with Christian books in it and I'm looking at them. What little I can read from this far nowadays you need glasses. I have glasses. I just don't wear them. Um, that always bugged me about men's ministry. I know we're talking about women's ministry. But I hated when I would do a men's study that was geared towards men because I always thought it was oh, corny. Yeah. Just, I felt the same way when I was a youth. Uh, when they would like hand out, well, this is a youth New Testament. And it's got it. graffiti on And it. I'm like, this is the dumbest. <laughs> As a youth, I thought this is the dumbest thing. And I don't know. I guess the Bible is for everybody. And when you have a good right. Christian book, it's for everybody. Exactly. You know, and so I've often wondered that about women's ministry because I've noticed that they're always looking for, it seems like, for studies that were geared towards women. And that was always kind of confounding to me because I thought, why don't you just do a study, like a good study that everybody can do right. together? Why does it have to be geared specifically towards women. towards women? And I don't know why why that is or what the what the thought is there, I guess. I'm not sure either because I I agree with you completely. I don't feel like it necessarily needs to be geared towards women. I do feel like there is a special place for women to encourage and um, support each other, but I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. think that needs to be done through Bible study, you know, like specific Bible study. I think that that can take place uh, at any other time as well. Yeah, I mean, I would say the most important women's ministry event a woman should ever go to is Sunday morning worship with their church. Yes. That's what I would say. I'd say the same for men. I'd say the same for teens. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing um, to be at. And I would then say the second thing would probably be Sunday school. Right. Where you're with men and women together, you know, going through a study together. To me, that's very important. That'd be the second most right. important thing. Um, the, other- the whole individual studies would really fall down the list quite far for right. me, for men and women. Right. Any other women's thing would just be supplementary to those that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would even place, like you said, like uh, a women's fellowship ahead probably of a women's Bible study personally yeah. because they can have the Bible study on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and then Sunday school, and we have Sunday evening worship as well um, where the Bible is taught, right? And, right? and it's for everybody to hear. Right. But like you were saying, those fellowship times are, are different that right. uh, can't be done really on Sunday morning as a right. whole group. Or if it's just a bunch of families getting together, that's a good thing too. But there is something a little different if women just get together or if men just get together 
really for fellowship, like you said, or bonding or right. whatever it might be. For right. relationship building, yeah. 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 I think a big part of this, too, is um, <clears throat> this is a side topic, but is teaching people because we are called to be a, uh, a kingdom of priests. We are a holy priesthood as Christians. And um, one of the things that means, I think, is um, having ears that are able to understand when someone is confessing, particularly I think about some people are talking about how hard their life is, but they're actually trying to confess sin to you in a way without doing it. You know, sometimes we do that, right? It's like, you know, man, I'm just really struggling with X, Y, or Z, or, you know, this is really hard right now. And actually they're trying to confess something that's on their heart, but they're, um, but they don't know how to do it exactly. And I think part of that is too, is creating, is helping men and women have ears that understand what's going on. And instead of saying, you know what, that means partially this is true. We do want to say, I understand what you're going through. I can identify at some level, at least, with what you're saying. But now here is the gospel promise. Because as priests, as as priests, uh, a kingdom of priests, our job is not simply to um, be able to hear and to sympathize with people, but also to remind them then of the forgiveness that's found in Jesus Christ. So to also tell that brother or sister, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, remember, Christ died for that, too. And you can keep going in this promise as well. And I'm going to pray for you in that. And I think that's a, that's something that, that's not simply for women. That's for men and women that we need to be ready to hear in those fellowship times and to not simply say, yeah, that's really hard, yeah. and then st- stop. No, that's, that we can't stop there because we haven't gotten to the gospel yet. And so we want to highlight to people their role as a kingdom of priests to spread the gospel in those small ways. That's the mutual conversation and consolation of the brethren that we were talking about earlier, or the sisters, to console one another in the gospel promises and in the truth of the Bible, um, because that's how God encourages and changes our hearts is through that ministry of the word. I was just thinking about those conversations that you're talking about, Spencer. And for me, that hasn't happened much in big fellowship settings. It seems to happen more uh, with like one-on-one or smaller group settings. And it's not designed for that necessarily. You know, conversations happen like that more often in a golf cart. Sure. You know what I mean? Or um, having coffee or Mm -hmm. having lunch together. Or like you invite a family over and then in, in that... I think it's hard to have those types of conversations that you're talking about at a, uh, like the women's tea that will be coming up soon or something. Those are good and they have their spot, but you don't get a lot of that uh, bonding together and really talking. And it takes effort, uh, I think, for the women in the church. And that's where the women's ministry becomes important for all the women to see you're all a part of this ministry, whether you're coming to the women's tea or the conference. If you're a woman at MMBC, you're a part of the women's ministry. Right. And we want to serve you, and you guys serve each other. And this is how it happens, where we bear each other's burdens, usually is going to be one-on-one, or three of us, or four of us. Um, And that's stuff that Kara just can't plan. No. You know what I mean? I I think that's where the women's ministry gatherings um, are important, where they come in. Because 
Sunday mornings isn't necessarily the relationship building time. That's mm-hmm. our time to be taught and to worship the Lord together. But our women's gatherings is where the relationship building happens, where you can get to know other women on a not even a super deep level, just on a more comfortable level mm-hmm. where you might be um, able to say, hey, let's get together for coffee this week. And then that's when those conversations can happen. So it's a step to that. It's yeah. a very important step. You sure. can't go just from seeing each other and passing on Sunday mornings to these heartfelt conversations. Sure. Mm-hmm. There has to be a bridge between. That's where the women's ministry You're fostering gatherings. those things. Yes. Yes. You're yeah. trying to foster that community, that familiarity, those mm-hmm. friendships where it can lead to something more where you can exhort each other in your day-to-day life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, too, um, related to this is... Um, by having, for instance, this is different, but it's, it, but it's whenever we have that public confession of sin mm-hmm. uh, that we talk about, that's a general thing. Mm-hmm. So we're not airing anybody's specifics, dirty laundry, mm-hmm. but that is meant to then uh, set the, I don't know how, how I want to say that, but it, it's kind of like setting the tone for mm-hmm. the, what it should look like as you get also, that shouldn't stop um, just at the church service. That's right. setting the tone for women's ministry where people are like, yeah, we are all sinners. Mm-hmm. Or then you get to normal conversations like one or one-on-one conversations. I guess, yeah, they all work in tandem, hopefully setting that. And that's, that's what you're, that's the way this should work right. in all of those larger settings to, to filter down. Right. I, I would think. Um, so, um, yeah, what else do I need to, what else? I look at my piece of paper here. Um, so, in, uh, here at MNBC, right, we're talking about um, women um, encouraging uh, one another. Now, much of that's going to happen without any kind of program, mm-hmm. programized activities. How would you encourage women to get started in something like that? Um, you've got an individual woman here hearing what you're saying, um, but this isn't going to happen just over some simply because of some organized program. Right. What, how would you encourage a woman to take some steps in that direction if they want to start serving other women is that what you're yeah asking? yeah or doing just kind of being a part of that kind of culture okay. that you're hoping to create okay. and foster well one thing is come when there are events scheduled come and so that you can get to know other women um another way uh i feel like that it's really easy to be involved is to sign up for the meal train and you don't have to cook mm. to sign up for the meal train uh, a takeout or a gift card works equally as well so um, that's a good way to minister to people who actually are currently in need. And if you don't know them, it's a good way to get to know them. It's, it's a good way to, um, it's a good easy way to serve, to get mm-hmm. your foot in the door and to build relationships there. I have found in my um, life, the times that I was ministered to the most were, came through food and the resulting dishes, to be honest. There have been many times that um, people have come into my house and have done my dishes for me because I was not capable of doing them because of maybe some physical challenge I was going through at the time. And it seems very simple and very basic. You know, something dishes are an everyday thing, but they met my needs where I was at that moment. You know, and it wasn't anything flashy. It wasn't anything pre-planned it wasn't like we have to schedule this and i have to have training to do this to serve these people in this way no you just come wash my bowls and spoons you know and and it and it was really important to me Mm. and it had a significant impact in my life at that time 
So you're saying if someone wants to get involved in women's ministry, just come over and wash your dishes. <laughs> it's a great way to, to really get involved. Um, no, I just, what no, my, I know. Point <laughs> yeah. is, my point is, is it doesn't have to be anything flashy yeah. or fancy mm-hmm. or require training or something that's planned. It can be something very simple and small, mm. and it doesn't take anybody special or important. Just somebody ordinary can serve in great ways. Mm-hmm. In very small ways. I really like what you brought up about food because that's an interesting thing that um, across all cultures we have to eat. Food is something that is used. I mean, one of our two ordinances is a meal, mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper, um, and it, it's because it, it, food is supposed to bring people together. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be a communal event, a relationship building right. event. There's something inherent about food that does that, and so. Um, that's fascinating that you said that. Um, yeah, we have to eat to stay alive. Right. So it, it's a basic need that we have, and often it's a need that we can meet for someone else. Mm, that's really good. Um, so women's ministry in our church, uh, just broadly, um, what are some things that um, women's ministry is going to try to do maybe? What are some ideas that you have maybe or um, your vision for women's ministry? Maybe there's things that, you know, you're just still thinking about, and you don't have to bring those up, but like, just like broadly speaking, for a, for the women in our church, what is your vision, your hope for women, women's ministry here at MNBC going forward? Um, and I guess, how can they talk to you maybe if they have ideas or whatever, just, and they want to get connected with you um, as the women's ministry leader? Just, if you want to talk a little bit yeah. about that. Those are some really great questions, and it's something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Um one of the things I am passionate about is that women's ministry does not involve anybody special or anybody fancy, and it doesn't require any training. It's just through ordinary people um, being together in ordinary everyday things. I want to, I feel like that is often lost in women's ministry that they feel like I can't serve. I can't help because I don't know how to do it. You can, you can. And I want to, um, put more emphasis on that and show people that yes you can you can serve this way and and you can be a big help and be have a big impact on people's lives um i hope in the future soon to have more less structured events where women can come and just have some relationship building time where they can get to know each other on a more friendship level that leads to further relationships elsewhere You know, we need that time together to develop those friendships to support each other because you can't go from Sunday morning to some personal thing. There has to be some in-between kind of friendship building. I feel like that's really important. I feel that's really needed. I feel that's a a needed thing in our church culture. I feel like there are some needed times for moms to be able to get away even just for an hour or an hour and a half without children clinging on their arms i want to work on that somehow my wife would like an hour without me probably yeah we can arrange for that <laughs> yes so i would really welcome input on um what other women in the church see as their needs what needs mm. need there are and what can we meet and how can we meet them mm. that's that's great well let me um do do one last plug okay. for the conference yeah. um, because they do have an opportunity to, this is a learning opportunity, but also a fellowship. There, there's a lot of fellowship time built yes. into this conference, which I think is really important for any good conference. Um, there are some conferences that are just cram packed full of talks to where you're like, 
I, you're just drinking from a fire hose and you have no time to digest or, or right. fellowship with other people. This conference is going to have times for learning, but also times right. for fellowship. So if you want to talk about the conference, sure. Kara. Friday evening, September 22nd, we have a, a session. And then after the session, we'll have light refreshments in the fellowship hall. And we built that in as time for women to just be able to talk with each other and to talk about what they've heard in the conference, ask questions, or just small talk, whatever mm-hmm. they want. And then Saturday morning, um, September 23rd, we'll have two sessions. In between there, we'll have a break with a coffee bar set up for women to just mingle and have a cup of coffee together. And then there's a question and answer session that hopefully will spark some discussion. Mm. And then we have a lunch together where we just sit around together in tables and you can stay as long as you want for lunch and talk with each other. So there is some build-in time there to build relationships. I'm excited about the fact that we have a lot of people already signed up from other churches. Mm. I really feel like it's important to to know that there are other believers in other church bodies. It's always so encouraging to me when I have a conversation with another women's ministry leader and see that they are in their church serving the Lord. They're trying to do their best. It's always so encouraging and refreshing for me to hear that. And I think that's an important, um, like a special aspect, that this kind mm. of conference thing where we will be with other believers from other churches and can mutually support each other. That's wonderful. And so if they want to um, register for that, they just contact the church office mm-hmm. or go call to the church office or go to the event page on the church website. I don't think the registration is very complicated. It's easy to, yeah. to sign up. Um, Please don't let finances be uh, a burden for you. If you feel like you can't come because it's a financial problem, please sign up anyway. Call our church office, say, I'm struggling with this. We have some scholarships built in that we will be happy to offer you. Don't hesitate to mention that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Kara, for coming in. I appreciate it. Um, This has been a really good conversation. So, um, yeah, reach out to Kara if you're a lady in the church and you would like to... um, learn more about women's ministry, how you can get involved, what that looks like. I'm sure she would be happy to talk to you um, and uh, encourage you. And also, um, if you know of a woman or you are a woman and you would like to come to the uh, women's conference on September 22nd, 23rd, call the church office, check it out. um, And uh, I think it's going to be a a great time. So I'm a man and I'm going to be there. Um, But that's not because I identify as a woman. Okay, just so you know our servers for lunch and they will help us in the background. And That's right. So we are going to uh, do our best. I'm not cooking probably, but, um, but I might serve some soup. So, okay. All right. Well, thanks for care for coming in. Take care. God bless.